0: Este episodio de Salud Podcast es traído a ti por McDonald's, sirviendo orgullosamente a la comunidad desde 1965. Y uno de los recuerdos que más tengo guardados es cada viernes, después de que mi madre nos recogiera a mí y a mis hermanos de la escuela, nos íbamos a McDonald's para nuestra cajita feliz. Ese momento, al abrir tu cajita y ver el monito que te salía, era de pura diversión. Y uno de los recuerdos que más me resuenan cuando me de mcdonald's y por eso me encanta Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Salud Podcast. I'm your host, Jose Quintero, and today we're going to have a really amazing conversation about remembrance. I know Dia de los Muertos is something that happens in November, but a day of remembrance, as Coco had previously mentioned in the movie, is something that we have to continue to do every single day. So I definitely want to introduce to you guys an entrepreneur more than anything, but a human being like... Latino, Juan Medina, who is the founder of Lalo App, which we'll get into. But Juan, ¿cómo estás?
1: Muy bien, and, and thank you so much for, for having me on the podcast. Super excited to uh, to talk to you.
0: Uh, talk to us a little bit, Juan, because you were
1: raised in Kentucky. Uh, are you first generation? Yeah. Um, So I moved to Kentucky when I was five. Uh, I moved from, if you can imagine, from Barranquilla, Colombia, to uh, Louisville, Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay, from Louisville. That's so interesting. How does a Colombian family go to Kentucky? Is it heavily, you know, uh, is is Kentucky heavy with
1: Colombian people? No, 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 not at all. It, It was really just... Uh, somewhat of a coincidence, but my mom was going back to school uh-huh. and she got into the University of Louisville. And so that's, that's why we ended up there, but no, not, not a big Latino community really at all.
0: How funny that you mentioned that you're Colombian. I feel like in my past life, I was colombian just because i went i recently went to colombia when was it before the pandemic uh 2019 and i was absolutely i fell in love and mesmerized Mm. by the culture uh and i was in uh where was i i was in medellin i was in uh barranquilla actually because that's where shakira is from Uh, uh oh my god guatape I, I basically, I love Colombia, and I said in yeah. my past life I was probably from Antofia or something. <laughs> okay,
1: very no, cool. No, I already where?
0: have like a specific location of where my ancestors were. <laughs> you feel it? I okay. feel it in my soul. But <laughs> you guys moved to the United States for your mom, who wants to continue her education. But how was that for your for your dad? Like on his perspective? Because we're gonna get into why you started Laloab, and the root of it all is your father.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, uh, you know, I, I think a story that maybe is more commonplace these days, but my my parents had actually gotten a divorce mm. at this point. And so my dad had moved to Kentucky because they had gone to undergrad at uh, University of Kentucky. And so he was there. My mom... Then continued her education, so moved to Louisville, so we were like an hour apart, which was nice because then I could see him, you know, every other weekend and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it was uh, kind of an interesting childhood, right?
0: (laughs) I know from previous interviews that I saw that your dad remarried... Three times, twice with the same person. Is your yes. mom the second, the same person, or is somebody else? No, your dad was the first marriage. One and done. Yeah, <laughs> one and done. You were five, and your parents divorced. Mm-hmm. Or how old were you when that happened? Yeah, yeah, I was
1: about five years old when they when they split up. So yeah, it was kind of a lot, right? To mm-hmm. have your parents split up, move to another country and yeah, a, a lot going on.
0: How does a five-year-old handle with that situation? Do you know what's going on? Not really.
1: I mean, I I remember it was sad, right? Like when uh-huh. they told me like, hey, we're splitting up. I remember it was super sad. Um, but at the time I didn't feel like when we moved to Kentucky, I didn't feel it was like so traumatic, but like, mm-hmm looking back now, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of, you know, I have a nine-year-old daughter. I'm like, that's a lot to for, for a kid to go through, you know, but uh, kids are resilient. They kind of bounce back and I don't remember it as being terribly hard.
0: Yeah. When you say you're reflecting back on it now as being a traumatic moment, do you recall yeah. any of those uh, traumas or triggers or specific incidents that are still reoccurring possibly in your head
1: or that you've healed from? Uh, For me, maybe a little bit now that because I have my own family, I'm a bit overprotective in terms Mm. of like moving and (laughs) like changing the scenery. So like my daughter's been here and I live in Seattle now, has been here her whole life. We've been in the same house now for five plus years, which is the longest that I've lived in any one address. And, And when my wife is like, oh, we should we should move now that it's, you know, post pandemic, everything's remote. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that <laughs> you know to my daughter. Uh, and I think for me, it allowed me to learn a lot about different cultures. And like, I feel like I, I can have a lot in common with a lot of different people because I've seen so many different things. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't have those kind of lifelong friends that we've been together, you know, 30 years and that sort of thing. So it it comes at a cost, I think.
0: Yeah, obviously. And I can hear from the tone of voice. that something that you really want to provide to your family is stability, Uh, stability more than anything with like as a family and as a whole. And you want to be all in one place because you were so accustomed to be moved around all the time. Do you have some sort of resentment
1: towards that? Um, I don't, I don't. Like at at the time I was like, there were times when I was like a teenager and I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Like we're (laughs) we're moving somewhere. And you know, it took me a while to adjust to like a new place, but you know, now in retrospect, I'm like, Oh man, I have like so many different cultures that uh, I'm part of, right? Like Colombian culture, in the U.S., we, we, when I was in high school, we lived in Europe for a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, my daughter's sneaking around back That's there. Awesome. Um, and so, yeah, no, I think it was a great opportunity to kind of learn a lot about different cultures, different people. And so, I, yeah, I think it was a good, good uh, upbringing.
0: So right now that you mentioned um, the whole culture aspect, when your father remarried, uh, for the second time, did you allow yourself to get to know your half siblings or if you consider them your siblings? Because I know some people tend to put, I mean, maybe as a resentment, tend to push that yeah. other part of them because at the end of the day, it's a part of you away.
1: I would say no. There was, There's definitely, I had like one sibling who I didn't know very well mm. uh, up until really the last couple of years as I embarked on this kind of journey to start a company really based yeah. on tradition and history, it, it kind of drove me to explore my own history. And so reconnected with one of my half brothers who's in Tennessee now and got to know him a lot better. Um, but my other, my I have a half sister and a half brother and I've always felt super close to them. And so, yeah, we've, we kind of, uh, have this melting pot of a family where, you know, we, half half this half that yeah (laughs) but but still connected
0: that that is awesome that you're able to live in a blended family and uh try to be a better father for your daughter how would you say some of those differences are because i think it's very important sometimes when we reflect on our childhood as young boys how we want to uh emulate uh, some of the love that we received From our parents, whatever, form, or especially from our fathers, whatever that looked like to us. But then in what ways we want to be different. So I want to know, like, what are some things that you as a child, as a boy said, like, you know what? This is what I want to do with my daughter. And then now as a father, are you doing that?
1: Oh, boy, that's a good question. I mean, there was so much that, you know, I wanted to to do maybe differently not not through any fault of my parents but things that I was like you know these are the things I want to uh stay true to so like I mentioned stability so staying in one place you know I, I think I've accomplished that um you know my wife and I have just celebrated our 12 year wedding anniversary so that you know that's another form of more emotional stability of like hey providing a home where both parents are there and you know I've been you know, there's great kids out there, including myself that were raised by single parents. So there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I wanted to, to provide more of that stability. I think, um, also just being open-minded in terms of when my daughter wants one day she wants to be an astronaut another day an artist and it's like yes that's wonderful like we yeah. encourage that you know and a lot of latino families maybe growing up it was like no you want to be like an ingeniero or like mm-hmm. a lo- abogado like a lawyer an engineer like it has to be this like very specific yeah. well-respected trade and i'm like you know happiness is, you know is different for everyone it doesn't have to be tied to that um I think where, well, yeah, maybe where I could have done better, and I think that also led me to when I start my own business was uh, I worked for more than eight years, nine years for Amazon, and it was great experience, but I was sucked in by you know Amazon and corporate culture, and I couldn't be present you know all the time for my family, and so. You know, that was another thing that really drove me to say, you know, I have to change some things here so that I can be present.
0: How was your relationship with your mom and then versus the relationship with your dad? Because I want to start now getting more into talking about Lalo. But I think yes. in, in order to talk about Lalo, which is your your app and your business, I want to know the yeah. relationship that that started it all, which is your mom and then inevitably your father.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Um, as I mentioned, you know, my mom was a single mom moved to the U S. Um, she was getting her masters working and a single mom, you know, all at the same time. And so, you know, seeing that it it definitely set the tone of like, Hey, this is, this is hard work. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and this is kind of what it means to, to be an adult. And so I remember just being very like, on a schedule, right? You get home, you do your homework and like grades are so important. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot, you know, from her work ethic and, you know, just seeing her uh, work her way up from really uh, starting again from zero, being an immigrant, uh, getting an education uh, and, and slowly, you know, creating a career and a life for me. So, you know, I'm super appreciative of that. And, you know, now being an adult, I can look back and say, wow, that that's really hard to do. <laughs> you know? of um,
0: yeah. And then what about for your father? Was there a, a relationship? I know at five you obviously went to go live with your mom, but did you maintain that relationship when you saw them? Were you guys a little bit on the distant side? And and where I'm getting at is, yeah. Um, I guess the the lack of emotional connection we as men have with our
1: fathers. You know, it wasn't maybe the traditional you know relationship you might have in a in, you know both parents are living together and married. So I'd see him every other weekend, and it, you know it was an interesting relationship because it was more of like he was like the fun dad, oh, right? Wow, like like you'd come funny. and it'd be like oh you know we're gonna go do this and do that oh. and like go to a basketball game and stuff. But he really wasn't like you know, in the day-to-day of like being a strict disciplinarian or like, you know, the day-to-day struggle of like, you know, just life. And so I didn't really feel like I had maybe the role model of like a male role model, you know, now as I'm a dad and an adult to say like, oh, this is like how a dad should act or how a man should, you know, uh, what principles they should live up to. I had to kind of make it up or figure it, (laughs) figure it out on my own. So it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of an, an interesting.
0: That's that's funny oh. that you mentioned it right now. Yeah, uh, what like you didn't have like a a rule book on right. how to be a a man more than anything, or how right. to be a good father because yeah. your dad was in present. But uh, I would also like to say, like, I think even though like I grew up in a household where both my parents were present and they're still yeah. together and whatnot, I still feel that disconnect at times with my dad. Mm-hmm. Like when when I was growing up, I didn't have my dad teach me how to shave my beard or how to, right. you know, uh, that's something that I ha- kind of had to learn on my own. And I'm not saying that maybe women uh, learn on their own too, but I feel like maybe right. the, the mom or the maternal figure is a lot more accessible and like, hey, this is how you should shave. Uh, and right. whatnot so definitely i still had to learn and get a lot of razor burns or razor cuts on my own right. and go buy my first razor at the store on my own so there really right. is no manual because i think as men we tend to be a lot more reserved with how like you know it's just kind of you're just supposed to learn or grow into whatever you're supposed to be like whatever a man is supposed right. to be right right so yeah. that, that's pretty interesting that you still felt that way, um, mm. even though he was the fun parent. And right. funny enough, also, I, I I do think that that moms are, like, the more strict parents. Uh, yes. And then the fathers are always, because they're never home, <laughs> <Right>. regardless <laughs> right. if they leave the household or not. Like, my dad would work all the time because he was right. the breadwinner. How, how are you trying to be more present right now with your daughter
1: you know especially over the last year as i've gone on this entrepreneurial journey um i will still say like my wife is still like the the emotional like rock of the family and she does more than her fair share Uh, i hope she doesn't listen to this but uh, (laughs) but i would say i I definitely from my amazon days have made a fairly big shift in terms Uh of you know, like my daughter this, this weekend, spring break, for example. And so she had soccer camp and I was taking her and picking her up. You know, that was something I never would have been able to do. You yeah. know, where was I at Amazon? Um, uh, I volunteered at- at her school, like, they have this gardening club, and so, like, we're basically, like, picking weeds, but they call it gardening club, but, yeah, <laughs> and I'm, like, the only dad there, right? There's I was going to say, how was that? Like, other women yeah. seeing a
0: father figure participate in, like, their daughter's extracurricular activities?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they are they were like, okay, cool, like, accept, accepting of it. And, like, I, I definitely didn't feel like an outsider or anything. But the first day it was a little awkward, I will say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, but after that, it was good. It's because it's so funny because uh, I've seen, uh, like, images and memes uh, of how – I guess roles are viewed in society in, in the sense that like, if a dad attends a PTA meeting, if a dad right. does the laundry, if a dad, it's like, oh, my God, you got a good man in your life, like, helping <laughs> you and all this other stuff. But it's sort of like, well, a man's supposed to be doing 50-50. This is a right. – like, you both had a, a, a child. Like, it's not the woman's responsibility only, even though we put the burden so much on the woman, you know? So, so it's also – like an anomaly to see men partake in their kids' life, day to day lives, like picking them up from right.
1: school. It's weird. Like you still see that, even though everyone's working from home now. Like when I, all the kids walk down the street because the school is like right here, and it's usually the moms like, yeah. like walking with the kid, and I was like, Dads have no excuse now because yeah. everyone's working from home. So, yeah, yeah it's kind of, it's, it's super interesting.
0: I always find that, uh, I mean, I don't have any kids of my own besides my dog. That's the closest thing that I get to yeah, to close. having a child. But I, I've always said I want to partake. I want to be present. Obviously, saying and doing is a uh, totally different stories. That's why I asked you earlier, like, what are some yeah. of the things that you wanted to do as a father and are you doing them? And I'm glad that the narrative between, like, you know, how present a man is in, in a household or with their child's lives is is changing. And there was a change and a shift, I, I believe, as to how you view the relationship with your kids when your dad passed away. Because you were mm-hmm. also fairly young. Yes. You were 25, I believe? I was 25, Yeah. I'm 30. I can only imagine 25. I still feel like I was rebelled. I still feel like a kid right now. You know, yeah. this whole adulting thing. Like, I'm like, when, <laughs> when am I supposed to adult? Like, when am I supposed right. to actually feel like, is it when I have kids, when I have married? Like, when does it, right. when does it stop? When do I feel like my parents?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I don't know. I still sometimes feel, feel like a kid even now in my early forties, but I would say losing a, a parent is like such a, for me, it was like such a dramatic event, you know, Mm -hmm. for me that, that it happened. It felt surreal, but a a lot of good came from it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I would say from a few different angles, like it really focused me on what was important because death and losing someone close to you, it cuts out all the noise. It's like, Hey, all this, stupid stuff that you usually worry about. It's not that important, but here are the few things that are like relationships and like staying close with family, close friends. So I thought that was super important. I think, um, it definitely brought me closer together, you know, to my uh, half sister who we share the same dad, um, you know, and he had multiple sclerosis, so he he was sick for twenty something years. You know, wow. and so to see him suffering and slowly degrading physically and then mentally, it was like that's that's no way to to live. So in some ways, I felt some you know a mix of guilt, but also relief that he you know didn't have to suffer anymore. And I'd say that the guilt part came more from. You know, and I hear this from a lot of people when they lose someone of like, I should have spent more time, I should have gotten to know him, I should have, I should have, should have done this and that. And, you know, uh, I think it's just a natural part of, of that grief process.
0: Yeah. Uh, funny that you mention it, because my dad, when he lost his, um, his, his father, uh, he told me he didn't cry. He didn't yeah. cry at his funeral and everybody else was crying. And yeah. I was all like, Dad, why didn't you cry? And, and Like, like he's your father. And he's all like, because I spent time with my dad. I mm. don't feel guilty for not. Mm. If, like, he, he was already 87 when he passed away, uh, my yeah. grandpa. But in retrospect, I'm looking at it. And if I were to lose my dad, I couldn't say the same thing. And I find right. it so weird because he was so close and connected to his father that right. it's also sometimes hard for me to accept that I'm not Close and connected to my own father, so yes. so there's definitely that disconnect, and there's still, and I've talked about it in multiple podcasts where I'm like, I want to get closer to my dad, I want to connect with him, and the the sudden urge or like, ah, I don't want it to get to the point where where it's sort of like to feel the guilt, right? I want to feel happy when he 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 leaves because I knew him well, and I right. think. Obviously, we'll get into your podcast and the beauty of what it's doing after someone leaves. Um, Yes.
1: But I totally understand that guilt. For sure. And it's uh, a lot of people face that, whether they've lost someone or maybe just a broken relationship in their life, you know, not close to a parent or a friend or. uh, Yeah, I think it's it's pretty common. Yeah.
0: I also uh, wanted to point out was. When he passed away, did it take you back to the moments where he was starting to get scoliosis or like when he was going through his issues as to why you didn't start talking to him more or asking more? Because a lot of what your app is now, and uh, we'll talk about Lalo, is getting to know the history of this person.
1: Yeah, you know, I when he passed away, I was you know, 25, I was in the middle of going to school and I was young and single in Chicago. I was like, you know, I was focused on myself just to be perfectly honest. And, Mm -hmm. you know, certainly that loss forced me on a different path, but I would say for the large part, I almost like just put it all like in a box and just set it aside. And I was like, I, I just have to move forward. And, you know, after, bottling all that up for years and years and years. And now having my own family, it kind of unlocked it again to say like, Hey, you never really dealt with this. And so yeah. I think, uh, I know that that's, that's part of what led me to, to build this product because it was my own journey to that. I did, uh, you know, more manually outside of an app, but yeah. I found relatives in, in Bolivia. I found his roommates from university of Kentucky from the sixties wow. that went to school with. And I recorded these conversations and Uh got pictures and put it all together. And I was like, okay, now, now I kind of understand him as a man. And I understand, you know, myself a lot better. Um, You know, people's lives have these slices, right? Him as a college student, different marriages and putting all those pieces together. gives you the the whole picture
0: let's go ahead and take a quick break but we'll be right back after this
2: you do it all without breaking a sweat like being a boss exec to tuesday tennis to homework why do the kids have so much homework family dinners lunches brunches trips to the vet and a weekend getaway that's anything but a getaway and you do it all in style even when you have back-to-back conference calls on top of the kids orchestra recitals not to mention your side hustle and that's why we created the fully reimagined Infiniti QX60. A luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene. With premium features like a panoramic moonroof, ample cargo space, and available massaging front seats to bring the ease of luxury to your everyday. Introducing the all new Infiniti QX60, designed to help you take on life and all the chaos it may come with in style. Learn more at infinityusa.com. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information.
0: ¿Alguna vez has estado listo para sentarte y disfrutar de la televisión y luego te das cuenta que no sabes lo que quieres ver o incluso dónde empezar a buscar opciones? Cox Contour TV te facilita esa decisión con el entretenimiento que amas. Todo en el mismo lugar. Mira, televisión en vivo, programas en demanda, grabaciones de DRV y música todo con el sonido de tu voz con el control remoto de voz contour, no solo encuentra los programas que estás buscando, sino que también te brinda recomendaciones de romance, aventura o simplemente películas y disfruta si eres fanático de los deportes captura la acción de golf y baloncesto que has estado esperando y obtendrás los puntuajes, estadísticas y resúmenes en tiempo real en la aplicación contour sports, y si te gusta la transmisión, solo dilo para que lo veas en tus aplicaciones de suscripción favoritas como Hulu, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus y más con Contour Streamplay. Obtén más información en Cox.com diagonal Contour. Interesting enough, your app is created as a, as a memoir. Uh, yes. You know, for for your daughter and for anybody on the app. I've always said this podcast, whether it be to talk about uncomfortable conversations, it's a memoir for my future kids or my future sobrinos or whatnot to get to know me and my thought process and how life isn't linear. In the beginning of the podcast, I probably thought one way and then after so many conversations with so many amazing people like yourself, uh, uh, you know, our thought process changes. So this memoir uh, with, with Lalo, like obviously the root of it is trying to get to know your dad, but how does it actually lead you to you know, finding his roommates from the sixties.
1: You know, we're still in the, the early versions here, yeah. but I would say that the way it works today is um, you kind of enter the experience and and you say, you give it tell us a little bit about why you want to use Lalo. Is it for you? Is it for your grandfather? Is it for someone that passed away? And so mm-hmm. once you tell us a little bit about how you want to use it, then you enter a space, a private space that you can dedicate to someone, a family, a person. Uh, and then we serve these sets of questions and prompts that are personalized to kind of what you've said. And so if you say, hey, I want to preserve the life of my grandfather, it'll have some questions around, hey, tell me about your childhood or what was your favorite you know, subject in school and kind of walk you through their life. It also allows you to invite other people to that space to add and share. And so, yeah, that's kind of the start of of what we've built.
0: Yeah. One thing that I loved and I was looking at the app is the ability to to be able to like, let's say I quiero la receta de la abuelita. Like you can literally put the recipe via voice message and whatnot and then just leave it for the family members or for the select group of people that are, you know, there to preserve the Life and memory of whoever is uh, you're you're remembering uh, to have forever, and also if I wanted to call you, let's say we were in a family. Oye, cuéntame de mi abuelito. Like video record, and it'll upload to to the app for the whole family or all the members to see uh, as a way to just kind of continue that story. And you're touching on something that is so fundamental to society, and I think that we we've forgotten that this is how history has been made and told which is storytelling um You know the early caveman story told on the walls, then it was done through word of mouth, then through books and now then radio, then TV uh, and obviously people telling their own different versions and and so we never hear the original, but we hear a version of. but this is a a beautiful way to piece the the puzzle together, you know. I'll know your version and then I'll know Latias' version Yeltio's tío's version about grandma's uh, story. Uh, because that's literally, I mean, I've been trying to do that with my own grandparents. And luckily, uh, I was able to ask my grandma a little bit of my grandpa, because that's when I realized I didn't know any,
1: anything. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of that one place to, to start to collect those, those stories and, It almost gives you an excuse to ask some of these questions, right? Because otherwise, you know, you're talking about the weather, the party (laughs) coming up or how's work and, you know, the kind of day to day stuff. So this gives you somewhat of an excuse to to have those conversations. Yeah.
0: I'm assuming you were the prototype. You were the guinea pig for Lalo. So what did you learn from your father in, you know, in trying to figure more about him?
1: So much. I mean, I think, you know, one of the pieces that I, I thought was interesting was, you know, he majored in engineering, like mm-hmm. in college, and he hated engineering. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> learned and, You know, it kind of took a, a few extra years of school to finish for a variety of reasons. Uh, uh-huh. But, you know, I was like, why? You know, and it kind of went back to like some of the feelings I had of like having to like be this kind of certain job or this certain education because that's what your parents wanted. And it was like, yeah, his dad wanted him to be an engineer. So he was an engineer, but then later he like fell in love with computers. And so that that's the career he explored like later in life. And so, yeah, those pieces were, were so interesting to me. Um, And then I think just exploring, you know, some of the time around when he started to get sick and, you know, how that impacted some of the relationships around him. And uh, I think me recording his story and sharing it with the other people in his life, they they also then got a view into what his life was like before. Uh, and, you know, my sister, for example, told me, hey, I, I really appreciate you building this because it helped me heal to like, now understand him because I really only knew him as this person that was sick you know and bedridden and I I didn't know all of this other history so yeah
0: like when you were growing up did you ever say I'm not like my father I'm completely different and now that you get to know him a little bit more like his
1: youth yes are you realizing you're a lot more like him yeah for sure yeah no that's absolutely right there I did have trouble like I knew like we had a similar, we look very similar, and we have like a similar sense of humor. But I was like, I don't know what else we yeah. <laughs> we really have in common. But yeah, no, absolutely, that's a great point.
0: Was that a shock to you? And were you? And what are the what are some of those similarities that now you're you own up to more than anything? Because maybe you didn't want to be like your dad, and you tried to suppress those. Uh, I guess those mannerisms and whatnot. And now you're like, I boldly accept them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I think I, you know, uh, certainly like different pieces of, you know, one are wanting to like please your parents, right? Mm-hmm. And like, spending part of my career in life, just doing the thing that I was quote unquote supposed to do versus like, Hey, I, maybe I didn't want to do any of that. And like, I wanted to do my own thing. And, you know, I saw that, you know, he struggled with that as well. Um, I think he, he, you know, looking back, I think he, he likely suffered from, you know, some depression and anxiety that was not treated. And so like it, it came out and like, weird ways uh and anger. you know push, anger yeah and like pushed some family members away and like you know i saw that sometimes with me and so i was like you know i'm not gonna repeat those same mistakes and so you know seeking mental health and uh whether it's meditation exercise therapy and medication in, in extreme situations but yeah, it was like, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And to not want to repeat, you know, some of those same mistakes that I think pushed some of his uh, relationships away.
0: Yeah, Getting to know your dad uh, obviously has made you a better man. Uh, And I know you want to help so many other people get to know their relatives so much more. Uh, and I definitely am going to take a look at this because there's so much of my grandparents that I want to get like that I want to know, and I definitely need to start these conversations with my dad. But I know I need to start these conversations. So many of our, our listeners know that they need to start these conversations with their parents uh, and getting to know them. But w- there's still something that is stopping us, and it's, mm. and 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 unfortunately we wait until moments like. Yours, where our parents leave, that we say, Why didn't we get to know them? So, what advice do you have for me more than anything? And for everybody who is still like, Ah, I want to get to know them, pero me da cosita, me da pena. I'm nervous, I'm shy. Like, ah, I don't want it to be weird between us. I don't want him to look at me different. I don't want to feel judged or I don't want to make him feel like I'm judging him. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great question. And it is, it's different for, for everyone, but I I think maybe figuring out the right time. And so like for me uh, it can be a seasonal thing where like, you know, end of year that tends to be a a time of year when families together and you're being kind of reflective over the past year. Um, It could be centered around you know, maybe starting with a family member that you you're a bit closer with and you feel more comfortable with. And, you know, for me, I found the one cousin that loves talking about our family history, right? He's the, he's got the family tree. He's got all the stories. And so I started with Sergio is his name. I started with Sergio. He told me like, everything. And then once I shared that with other people in my family, they were like, Oh, that's really cool. And they're like, I have a story. And so like, it kind of inspired them to, to tell their story. And so I think, yeah, maybe just trying to find that one family member or maybe even just that one story uh, that, that'll get you started. And, and I think quickly you'll see people will want to, to share their own stories. That's awesome
0: is that how lalo works when you like let's say now i want to remember my grandpa i start inviting people in to you know share their stories and then eventually because of the lack of technology i'm saying for my aunts who are a lot older it would be up to my cousins to kind of video record their story to share to the family portfolio you would say uh, yes. But, but but that's awesome. And I know there's prompted questions also within the app, just because sometimes it is hard for you to start a conversation on where do you start? So some of these prompted questions, um, I would just like to give like uh for you to give an example. What are some of the questions that they could probably find on, on Lalo?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we have really a lot of different types of questions some are more focused on kind of the time period in your life so childhood school age uh, mm-hmm. adulthood you know career those types of things we have others that are not so heavy and just kind of fun like yeah. you know if you're you know as a family like what if you were to be a rock band, like what rock band would you be or, you know, <laughs> things to like slowly start the conversation. Um, and then others that are more just around kind of getting to know each other a little bit of like, what's your favorite, um, you know, food or what's food that reminds you of, of you know, being back home or your childhood. But, you know, thing, usually things around music, food, um, new births in the family that usually like spurs people that want to share and and talk a little bit about their history
0: yeah one that i've always been an advocate for and i'm so happy that it's in your app the lalo app is how did grandma meet grandpa yes Uh, you know because i specifically remembered when my grandfather passed away i think it Mm -hmm. was a year later i asked my grandma I'm like, Abuelita, ¿cómo se conocieron? Like, you Mm -hmm. guys are both from, you know, the ranch life, literally. And this was early 19, uh, I mean, I think it was like 1930s, you know. And she's like, well, I was in La Plaza and he saw me and he invited (laughs) me out to, to, you know, go out for a stroll. And we started talking and... I mean, that's as far as she got, but I mean, just the image that I got just from that little glimpse of storytelling, and and we know how the 1940s and 50s, the golden era of like the Mexican, um, or just movies, how how that was, and the attire, I'm just like imagining young grandma, young grandpa, uh, you know, being being my age, right? (laughs) So, so I think that's uh, that's beautiful, and I'm glad that your app is uh, a space for that. Uh, two more things uh, yes. before we wrap things up. Lalo. Lalo. Yes. The name Lalo for the app, is that your father's name?
1: It is. Okay. Yeah, it was his nickname.
0: Okay, so yeah. Lalo. So I'm assuming Eduardo was his name, or? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Look at me. Go, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing my, uh, and then you have prompted questions on your app. I don't have an app, but I do have prompted questions that I like to ask my guests. Uh, so because I one thing that I started doing uh, in the beginning of this year is journaling. And I yes. suck at just writing on in the journal because I can write forever Bye. because I love to talk. So in order to keep me focused, I have these prompted questions that are from self-reflection from We're Not Really Strangers. And uh, they have a family edition and everything. So here, I'll show you. So I'm going to pick a card and then uh, I'm going to read it and you're going to answer it. (laughs) All right. So they're just self-reflections. So what insecurity has been holding me back the most?
1: Wow, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh man, what insecurity has been holding me back the most. Um, I mean, I think, um, as a business owner, you con- I constantly have that insecurity of like, is this gonna make it? like is this idea good enough? Is this business Ooh. going to succeed? And so I think, I definitely have had those doubts over the past year and now working actively to try and change that conversation internally to me of of saying like, well, what if it succeeds? Like, what if it does really well? Like what, (laughs) and what does that look like? And, you know, uh, some folks and I believe in like that ability to manifest like good things in your life by, by thinking through, what success and, and winning and feeling good looks like. and But I would say my natural state is the opposite of <laughs> talking myself down.
0: But it's so funny because I, I think, uh, I, like you just mentioned, it's your natural state. I think it's, it, it, it's huge in the, uh, in nosotros, you know, the minority, it, the, the yes. imposter syndrome. Yes. The not feeling like we belong in these spaces that weren't, meant for us or made for us uh right. you know so i can only imagine you going to meetings and being the only latino uh right. up present trying to propel in an app like lalo and right. why remembering a loved one is so important in our comunidad so thank right. you for pushing the glass ceiling and just kind of pushing that narrative that Latino stories need to be told. You never know. Some of these stories might be turned into movies. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. You never know. But thank you so much, Juan, for taking your time to be on the podcast. I really appreciate it. One more time, where can people find you? Download the app, uh, follow you on Instagram or your website.
1: Yeah, I would say the best place, go to lalo.app. And there you can uh, contact me. You can download the app. It's available on iPhone and Android. Um, So check it out. And uh, hopefully I'll hear from a lot of you, but I really appreciate the time with you. This is such a great discussion. It was so good to meet you. And I, I want you to reach back out to me when you when you start that conversation with your dad. That I'd love to hear about it.
0: Oh, I will. I will. I will. I will trust me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Juan. Thank you. De Colombia para el mundo.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right.
2: Gracias.